In that case, I'm going to push the button. Come in, Paul Kennel. Hola. Nice shirt. Oh, this is good. This is good. Uh, it's still Halloween here, too, which is awesome. All right. Yeah, we got that dialed up. This is going to be great. All right, fantastic. All right. Here we go. Put all my gar- garbage away here. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Late Night Playset. My name is Jay Ryan. Thank you so much for dialing us up this evening. Uh, I don't know where to start, so I'm going to say, um, I'm going to ask you, did anything new happen? Is anything going on in the world that I've missed in the past week or so? Um, that's some kind of crazy, sad sarcasm. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, and uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, everything's a little bit different. Everything's a little bit different, and I'm not sure where to start. You might notice that it's Tuesday, and we're not here with our buddy Tori. <laughs> we'll start with that. Uh, our buddy Tori happens to be located in a part of the world that is very, very uh, <laughs> on the map right now. He's in basically right outside of Pittsburgh. He's in, uh, I believe, in Allegheny County, which is where all the counting and, and the political issues are, are stemming, certainly at the moment in the state of Pennsylvania um, in regards to this uh, political election that is going on. Uh, our buddy Tori is really feeling the stress of the world and everything else that's going on over there. Um, and he's going to take a little break. He's going to take a little break, not just from the show, but from probably social media as well. He's going to delete some accounts and, and, and a lot of other things. I don't want to tell you his business, but, um, uh, he apparently doesn't like what he sees out there and he's going to take a little break and, uh, I have, uh, nothing but respect for that. I've done it myself. I totally get it. So, um, we love you, buddy. There won't be a Tuesdays with Tori for a while, maybe ever, but certainly for a while. And, um, and that's a bummer for me, but we are now interviewing hosts. Maybe if you want to be the next, uh, co-host for Tuesdays, um, we're looking, we're looking for somebody. Maybe, maybe our guest today could fill that role. I know he's going to do it today because he came in and pinched hit for us. It is Paul Kramer from the auto kennels. And I said that properly on purpose. Hi, Paul Kramer. Hola. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Good job. Thank I you so much for uh, for coming and, like I said, pinch hitting for us, but um, uh, but also just for being my buddy and, and being a great guest via satellite for the first time. Sure. Absolutely. You've got a whole setup over there. you got your backlight going and you got your no, earbuds. No, this is just our living room. Is it really? Well, it's, it's set up well. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We're both wearing our auto kennel attire because I am showing support by my friend who's supporting me. So uh, we'll get to Paul Kramer in just a couple minutes. Before then, uh, I told you about Tori and how we hope to see him real soon, um, although I don't think it'll be till late January at the soonest. Um, and by the way, all of that was – he had so much more respect for the show. He was worried about his political views – um, influencing or de-influencing, whatever, becoming a, a problem here. And and I kept trying to tell him that I didn't believe that that would be uh, the case and that I believed that if this is something he was feeling strongly about, that it's something he should share with people and that people would probably understand what he was going through. And, and, and uh, I don't know, I just didn't think it would be as much of a problem as he did. But um, again, his intentions were so well motivated for not being here even though we all wanted him to be so um with that we we noticed uh, you might have noticed we weren't here last week there was the election and there was tory who didn't really want to talk about it uh and then also i was busy back down at smoking tire we did uh, some more uh, studio stuff now that matt and zach are in the space and they've lived with it for a couple months um and i've been able to kind of watch their show on television and and make a couple notes of things that I would change both from how they were doing things and then from my own design originally. So we added some more lights and we changed a couple things at the the set, just minimal, minimal things that I don't think anybody else would ever notice. But uh, so we were down there last week and that's what was going on. So love to Matt, Zach, hope you like the new stuff. And uh, I believe those shows should start rolling out soon. However, Smoking Tire is putting out some killer stuff lately. He and Zach just did a, they did a whole podcast in the G-Wagon, the new Mercedes G-Wagon. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but the idea of the podcast off-roading in the G-Wagon uh, is pretty cool to me. So 
um, check that out. All right. Uh, two more things to do before we get Paul Kennel in here. Uh, viewer mail and East Coast feed. Technically, kitty cam, too. But that's only if she wants to come out. And that we'll see what happens on that one. Um, another thing that happened while we were away was Kitty did go and get a haircut. We did end up deciding to put her out. If, if you're a keen viewer of this show, you know that we have a 20-year-old kitty cat named Meow Meow who <clears throat> is the sweetest thing in the world, and she just loves her dad so much and just wants to be with me all the time. But she's a half Maine Coon, half Norwegian forest cat. So she's large, and she's got ferociously long hair. I mean, she looks like a wild animal. <laughs> and at 20, that's hard to keep clean. So um, she needs a little bit of help, and she is ferocious like a wild animal when she goes to the vet. So they have to knock her out, like like really with a syringe, like knock her out. And uh, and it's a whole process. And at 20, you know, they, they sometimes they don't wake up. So um, so I was nervous about it. I was really nervous about it. But we ended up doing it. It just got bad enough that I decided that it was worth it was. For her comfort, it was worth the chance. She just was so uncomfortable. Um, so we did. And we have uh, 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 an adorable kitty cat <laughs> who doesn't look very ferocious anymore. <laughs> I hope she comes out, and I hope you get to see that as well. Uh, in the meantime, a very cool package arrived the other day. I haven't opened it, opened it, but the guy sent a message, so I know what it is. And this is just something really cool. Oh, I should have pre-opened it a little further. And it is still Halloween. <laughs> Got to clean up around here. Uh, all right. Let's see. This obviously is for the misses, but this is a beautiful bag. And uh, the company here is Spirit of Le Mans, as in like Spirit of St. Louis, Spirit of Le Mans. And uh, there's underscores between all of that on the social media. But they do this beautiful tartan. Look at this. He gave us, he sent me a message. He goes, Are you and the misses uh, scarf wearers? It's like we like a lot. We really, really are. So here we go. Got some new scarves, and the missus got a new bag. I'm gonna strap in here in the whole bit. She doesn't carry bags as much anymore, but this is the kind that she could carry. Not a whole lot of hoopla to it. Just throw your shit in there. So that is super awesome. Thank you so much, Spirit of Le Mans. Super, super cool. Good stuff. <laughs> it's a little, a little chilly. All right, so there's that, and uh, is that it? Is there anything else I have to do? Tor usually keeps me on track with this stuff. <laughs> is that it? Oh, East Coast Feed. All right, yeah. Uh, real quick, let's check in with Danbury Chive and the East Coast Feed. I believe it's Kazman and the Little Monkey today, but I'm not sure. Let's see. Roll it out. East Coast Feed. East Coast Feed, Uncle Jay. <laughs> just wanted to say hi. So what are we doing today, Monkey? We're watching Batman. Watching Batman, and what did we? What did you make this morning, Coraline? Banana bread. Coraline made banana bread. Yeah, she's good at it now. We do a great job, right? We put it in the crock pot, and what do we put on top of the banana bread, Mama? Mm-hmm. Chocolate chips. Oh, chocolate chips! I know you gotta oh. sample some chocolate chips every time, right? You having a good day so far? Mm-hmm. This is our Monday because you know what? Sometimes Daddy Duty comes in full swing, right, Monkey? Say goodbye, Uncle Jay. Bye. Love you guys. <laughs> I love you right on back, buddy. Oh, the East Coast feed. That little kid is just adorable. All right. <laughs> Paul Kennel, you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want a scarf? No, I'm send good. You di- send you a digital scarf. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> let's see. You know our next guest, both from this show. And from all of his, every car show that's in Los Angeles, every car rally that's in and around, you definitely recognize his uh, his La Tortuga car, uh, the Green 911, with the off-road full rally package, including Christmas tree and snowshoes and everything else on the top. Uh, it is Paul Kramer from the Auto Kennels. Hi, buddy. <laughs> What's happening? Howdy. Hey, Jay. Thank you for being here, my friend. Good. I really appreciate it, especially being that I called you, I don't know, less than two hours before the show. <laughs> No, no, that's fine. I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, I had already left the uh, shop and I was headed back to my house, so I'm not at the shop right now. 
Yeah. Well, wait a second. You did, did you change the color of the lighting even just a minute ago? Oh yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, well, you really you weren't serious about your background. I thought you were trying to like uh, when you said I'm working on my background. I thought that's why I sent you that picture. I thought you meant like a digital. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, you do all different colors. So there's a party going on at the Casa Crits. Bring all your friends as long as they are chicks. <laughs> do, you remember, <laughs> do you remember that? Nice. No, I don't. Oh, well, I probably should explain it then. It was uh, Seth Rogen in a commercial for one of his movies, that the one that didn't do so well. Yeah. What's happening, man? Tell me yeah. about Auto Kennel. Tell me about how things have been with you since COVID. I feel like, ironically, I've seen you more. And, I'm not, and I think that's wonderful. No, I, I think uh, the biggest part is Fridays I can go up to Newcombs more often. My dad isn't coming in as much as he used to. He comes in Friday mornings and he's really been good about sheltering in place with my mom. Mm. So Friday mornings, I come up, see you guys, hang out. I get to drive. I get to test drive more cars on longer drives. Um, he comes to the shop, catches up on work, and it's sort of good for everyone. Uh, he's anxious to go on drives. And I've tried to get him to come up to Newcombs and drive in his car, but he's very he's a little more on the nervous side. Would he come up and leave quickly i mean like have a donut and a cup of coffee from afar and then skedaddle i think he would do it i think the biggest part is my mom she gives him a lot of guilt (laughs) so i mean i think the only (laughs) yeah i think the only drive he's really done is because he was watching me just go on drives and you know, doing stuff of my own. And, and for father's day, my daughter and I did a gift certificate. We let him on like a little one day rally with lunch. And he was in his own car Laura and I were in our car and we just did a local drive. Well, that's super sweet, but that was back in June, right? (laughs) Yeah. It was a while ago. (laughs) So I keep trying to get him to come out. (laughs) I'm just thinking it's summer. And I mean, now it's, we're into fall and it's almost winter for goodness sake. It is winter, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Maybe about. Yeah. You know, and I, I posted a picture um, today and someone asked me, well, how many miles have I driven on the green 911, the Tortuga in a year? So I went back exactly a year and it's a, a little over 11,000 miles. Um, just on that one car. You know, just on that one car. That's not any other car. <laughs> just that one car. Yeah. And that's without any, I think I canceled, I canceled six rallies and one of them was going to be driving across country this year. To Luftgekult? Um, for Luftgekult. We were going to, yeah. Yeah. We were going to go, yeah, it was twice. It was supposed to be in the fall or in the spring and then the fall. And we ended up uh, obviously canceling that, but that would have been, I think, what is that about? 4,000 miles? How many miles is it across country in North Carolina? 4,000 miles? I, I mean, it's th- it's three usually each way, but I mean, that's so six total? I mean, it might be 2,500 no, we maybe only for, to a certain area, you know, but I think from here to East Coast, I think is damn near 3,000 miles. Yeah, we were only going to go um, uh, just there and then ship the car back. I, I, oh, I see. I think I would be good not doing round trip. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. after the after the whole party, that's a long ride. That's a long ride back. Yeah. Like Vegas is one thing. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't feel like getting yeah. delay. Yeah, we did I get a little delay there. Off. Sorry about that. I'm gonna close the live feed. Sometimes that slows it down when I go check in to see if anybody's watching. <laughs> yeah. Um got a little warning. But anyway, too. so haven't been as much formal driving as I normally would do. I'm doing more just going up to see you guys at Newcombs, um, driving. I did that kind of one-week own rally, <laughs> solo rally. How, how was that, though? That was so cool. Can you can you tell us, like, how that came to be and what it, what it was? The photos were amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, the Driving While Awesome guys up in uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, I normally would do at least two or three rallies with them a year. 
I think they were just getting anxious. So they did these two one day rallies. Um, they were a Thursday of one week and a Thursday of the following week. I think the first one started in Napa and then the following Thursday started in South Bay, San Francisco. And I had some friends up there I hadn't seen and some clients. And I thought, well, I'll go see them on the weekend. And I just basically made my own rally out of the whole event for a week. Um, I went, uh, so after the one day rally, I went and hung out with friends in Santa Cruz. And then there was, uh, I did a drive on Friday through kind of the Bay Area. And then there was but a car how, show on Sunday. But how did it all work? Because, you know, rallies typically are, okay, we meet at one point at a hotel or some sort of point, and then we all kind of go on a rally. Right. This was fundamentally not like that, right? Because of COVID? No, they called it, right, they called it rallying from home. So the <laughs> idea was you leave from your house. We we met at a parking lot in Napa. They Oh, that's what you were explaining. The day before they gave you, Yeah. They gave you the day before maps uh, online. You did all your release online. So there was no contact. They had set out bags along a wall and you just grabbed your bag. It had a rally map, but you could load everything ahead of time, do release at time. So the idea was that we were in a parking lot. There was no line. We weren't standing around. Meeting. Uh, they actually did a driver's meeting on YouTube and we just watched it the day before. And and then what we ended up doing is we did the drive. We got to a place for lunch. It was like a town and everyone just went and there was like a list of 20 restaurants and everyone just got their own food. And there was a big park in the middle of town and we, with park benches and we just ate and, or people brought, you know, fold up chairs. And then at the end of the rally, I think we met at in and out, but really it, it wasn't as good as normal rallies in the sense that there was no formal gathering at the end. There was no hangout. Mm. It was just sort of everyone dispersed. But then I just made my own rally up another week until the following one, which was you know the following Thursday. And I think that whole trip was 3,500 miles round trip. Or door. That, and so. in how long? A, a little over a week? A week. I left a well, I left a Wednesday and I got back home the following Thursday night. So St I mean that's just a, I, that just over a week. That is a lot of driving. Yeah. And it was I mean what, what was nice was basically the Monday through Wednesday I just did a solo rally. I looked at maps of where I wanted to go and I went all the way almost to the Oregon border and oh. I would just get up in the morning I'd have a 250 miles to 350 miles, depending on how far I wanted to go. And I would just start driving. And with like it was a, fun. With, it with was, a hotel or an Airbnb or something already booked for that night? Um, or were you just kind of winging it? it? So I would, no, I would, I would, I knew generally where I wanted to get to. And I wouldn't book a hotel till I got to around lunchtime, figuring okay. that, okay, I'm, I'm almost there. And I, you know, I didn't want to book it. And then, breakdown and not be able to get to the hotel so, oh. uh, it was fun <laughs> yeah that's a good point though you make your reservation yeah. and then 30 miles shy yeah <laughs> but i got to drive on uh, a lost coast which i've always wanted to see um and then a lot of a lot of dirt roads as you can imagine so yeah roads that wouldn't normally be on a rally because a lot of people don't want to go on the dirt roads but um when you do you know, I don't like to go hardcore off-roading, but when you take like a fire trail, it's amazing <laughs> to the places you can go. After I poor Darren on a well, that's a, I'm road. laughing because I I know one of the stories we'll probably get to in a couple minutes, but yeah, Mister, I don't I don't know if I think you do off-road. I think you off-road a bit. <laughs> I do. I do like to. I think what's fun about the dirt is. You, it's not, I mean, it is fun to drive in dirt and slide around, but it's, you get to places where there really is no one around and you can go pretty far with an old 911 in, you know, in fire. And there's, a, if you look at the maps in Southern California, there's a considerable number of fire roads mm. um, all over our mountains. Like even when I saw you guys last Friday, there was a fire road I wanted to try out. And I only went like five miles down it. And then I kind of chickened out because I didn't want to break. 
again, you you he got pretty deep, folks. I, you, if go to the Instagram, I'll pull it up in a second here on 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 uh, the Auto Kennel Instagram. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah, you look it, like it you're fun. on the edge of the world. <laughs> it was. It, looks it like. was literally. It was like a narrow road, and it was just it ended right there. And um, I just figured after I went for about five miles, I figured I should probably be with someone just so in case something happened they knew where, they knew where I was. Yeah. So. But Gosh. I, well, I'm trying to think, you know, you mentioned the, the fire roads. The how do, is there a map that explains where all those fire roads are? I mean, how, how do you have access to them? Yeah. <laughs> Just Google maps. Is it really that simple? Because I know yeah. that Newcombs is at, surrounded by fire and, and, you know, access roads. I mean, the, the yeah, whole crest is. There's to, all sorts of government roads up there and tunnels and all sorts of things. Yeah, if you go to Google Maps and just go to Satellite View and yeah. you go down. And what's really cool now is if people go hiking on there and they take pictures and post it, it will oh. geolocate it and put it on the fire trails. So I can see some of the roads where the the Google you know camera truck doesn't necessarily go, but people walk on it. And I can look right. at it from a street view and go, okay, yeah, they're – that looks doable. I think I could go, you know, down that road for a bit. That's wild. It's it's kind yeah, of wild there's, there's that a, we've got the whole the whole place is mapped now, like the world. Well, <laughs> the it Earth. is. And, and what's neat about like you know we you've gone out, how many times have we driven on Angelo's Crest? It's the same road. You almost memorize the same turns, and now to go on some of this dirt stuff, you basically see parts of Angelo's Crest you never saw before. Definitely perspectives you've never part. gotten to see, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, you've um, got the car for. It. A, I mean, I know your car isn't. It's not a Carrera Four or anything like that. And as far as I know, you haven't changed. Like, well, maybe you have. Have you done anything with your differential at all? Like, what, is your car as no. beefy as it looks, or is it solely just a nine eleven that is well engineered anyway? It's, no, it's a stock eighty six Carrera. The underpinnings. Stock 911, everything, suspension, brakes. Uh, in fact, when we redid the transmission, I, I intentionally didn't put a limited slip in because you have to do more with the suspension to you. If you put a limited slip on stock suspension, you'll get more understeer. And I just didn't feel like re-engineering the front suspension. And 95% of my driving is on paved road anyway. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking for the ultimate off-road vehicle because I don't want to compromise the driving I like to do. Right, go get a safari for that. Right, and and I think um, the biggest thing was I just put skid plates on the bottom, and then I raised. Thing. Yeah, it just gives you a peace of mind when you hear a crunch. You're not breaking something important, and it protects. And you can get out of there. You're not gas. leaking oil all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. You, you it protects the gas tank, the front control arms, um, everything on the rear of the engine. I mean, just pretty much everything that's important you don't want to hit it's it's protected and then we raised you know with torsion bars you can raise the suspension up we literally stock shocks stock torsion bars we raised it as high as it would go without having to put camber plates to do some fancy suspension changing geometry so, right yeah and i've messed with different tire size i run a little more sidewall i had a bigger sidewall tire when i <laughs> had a couple incidents and crashed and that was, and that was because it just didn't handle as well. I'm like, okay, I'm not using that sidewall again. I'm going down a, a series. There was a time a long time ago where I feel like was it, it had Dunlop on the side. I don't know that they were Dunlop tires. Is it was that, just, no, it, was the it same, wasn't those same okay. tires. No, it was the same tires. And I just put those Dunlop stickers, but they were a pain in the ass. And, and in fact, the tires I normally get, which are basically minivan tires. Uh, you they do the van tires too. Though. You're one of those guys. Oh okay. yeah, nice. Okay, the set of tires is—I think for a set of tires to tire rack uh, is under two hundred fifty dollars for four. Oh my god! And they're just well. No wonder you're just tearing them up. I'd tires. be doing donuts all the time too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I go through a few sets a year, but those tires—they just canceled. Um, I'm have on order these BF Goodrich with white letter out that look like something from a you know like an '80s CJ Jeep. Um, and you know and that's my style. Back you know order. I'm down with that. The Brady Bunch, yeah. the Rally Wheel, I'm in. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for those to come. Matches the CB. 
I'm actually looking at making custom aluminum 16 inch wheels to look like steel wheels just to get some weight off the wheels uh, and also make it so that I can get tires. Oh, that's interesting, the size. But wasn't it when you put the Fuchs on that you, for, you were going to the track or something and you put Fuchs on like a, a different tire package and wheel package and you could feel the difference like immediately? Oh, night and day, night and day. In fact, Friday, um, I, I, if I get to Breakfast Club, it'll be early and I won't stay long. Uh, uh, some clients and friends are having a track day at Willow Springs and I'm going to take the roof rack off. I'm going to put those wheels, the Fuchs with uh, our compound tires, drive up to Willow Springs, but stop at Newcombs on the way, nice. and then probably do just a half day out there. And um, that's cool. You, you did that once before. Do you change the ride height, or do you just leave it jacked no. up? <laughs> I just leave it jacked up. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> it looks so bad. I think you saw it. It looked. It, it just. It looked horrible. Um, well, well, what it is it is the wheels Friday. look tiny. It looks like it looks like like Bigfoot yeah. before they put the off-road tires on. You know, it's still jacked up, but it's got yeah. the, the street exactly. wheels. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. I think I calculated the rolling diameter changes by two and a half inches, <laughs> which is huge. <laughs> so, what does it say? You're rolling up there at like 106 miles an hour or something when you're doing 80 on the freeway. Yeah, it's That's uh, a big the change. Crew, what, what, when I try to hit the cruise control, it freaks out. It doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no cruise control. Oh, but, my uh, gosh. You're probably putting more miles on your car yes. when you do that, too, right? Oh, that's right. Smaller diameter? Yeah. Yeah, it's going around. Yeah, going you, more revolutions. Uh, my is going to go faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, there's a tire calculator. I'll have to put it in there and see what the difference is going to be. But uh, So, that's going to be Friday, which will be fun to... Um, I was actually planning, I bought that setup to do an event in April and it got canceled or got relocated to Thunder Hill, which is in past Sacramento. And I wasn't going to yeah. drive up that far for it. So, no. oh, um, so you I've never been got anxious to... to go to the track. Oh, but you did do, but you did do one because I've seen photos of it that will. I no, I never took, all I did was, oh, you only set the car on. up for it. Yep. I set the car up. I put them on. I drove to Newcomb's once. This was back in. February or January of this yeah. year. And, and I, and when I drove up Newcomb's, I mean, I was a maniac on that. I mean, it, it, not that fast, but it felt like a rocket ship compared to what I was used to. I mean, just night and day. Cause you could hold, so, but I never got to use them. your sidewall. You weren't drifting all over the place. Oh yeah. It would, yeah. It would be more forgiving on the turns. I could kind of be in a lot of different places on the turns, not just doing the perfect line. Um, right. And the weight, I mean, braking, turn in, um, it was awesome. I, I realized what a POS I've been driving with those big anchors. So. Well, you know, I, I do agree with what you're saying. And fundamentally, it's impossible to, to not. I mean, on paper, it's heavier. But that La Tortuga is such a nice driving car. I can't really figure it out. It's, it's, it's maybe it's because of that weight and because of the weight on the roof and something about it. It's just, it's like if you could combine a really comfortable chair and a 911. I think it's because it's stock. I mean, it's really Mm. fundamentally cars get changed so often. I drive these cars like that red one I drove with the 17 inch wheels and it was really fun, but it didn't drive as nice as the Tortuga did. Yeah. I think part of it is because it's just stock brakes, stock suspension. That car it's was not really built. Crazy that car modified. you brought. That red one. Oh, yeah. That car. And that car was really, really fun. But on longer drives, it wasn't as fun as the, you know, just driving on the open highway. The, the 911, the green 911 was much easier to drive. So. Uh, La Tortuga was really fun. easy on my back. I've got a bad back. Well, you've got a bad back, too. We both have bad backs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, La Tortuga, yep. it just kind of comfy. Just kind of comfy. Yeah, just kind of holds you. Comfy. When uh, Juan, um, the seats were done by GTS, but then Juan, the upholstery guy, two doors down from me, I had him kind of take them apart and contour the foam. He put denser foam that so uh, it could be not as thick, but it was as supportive. And he, he basically cut it down, and I would sit in it until I got to where I liked it. 
because so I like to sit really with my custom- down low. Yeah. That's maybe that's why they're different. Then <laughs> I really thought yeah. it was and just oh, also, those seats. And I've also put my ass in it for you know one hundred and fifty thousand miles or however many miles we've put on it so far. But maybe that's what I'm talking about, though. It's not. It doesn't feel like you know how some and you more than anybody. You know how some nine elevens you get in and either the whatever just date age they're not seated well. Some people's backs lean certain ways. Certain people they all have a different kind of a break-in pattern how's that right well we've rebuilt that seat already three times <laughs> in the last hundred thousand miles i mean in fact right before i did this rally i noticed that go to sit back it would sometimes flop all the way back which is unsettling and oh. so juan took the seat out he took it completely apart we put new brackets on the side that would you know now what's cool is when i lean forward i just pull the handle and it moves forward he also re-welded some of the brackets wait oh you mean like the original bracket it doesn't uh yep there's a spring so when you pull pull the lever it the back will tilt forward but it it was not doing that anymore in fact if you stepped on the gas it would kind of drop two notches and and tilt back further (laughs) yeah which is (laughs) which is not a good thing you don't want that um i actually had that I remember we were selling. Have you ever taken a part of the E30 seat or 30W series? Uh, E30, yeah. I mean, I definitely did some investigative work on my car back in the day. I think I definitely had the so seats out. If you remember with those seats, they have four little mini like hood shocks. Like picture the 911 hood shock. They've got four of them in there, which is to help it tilt or do something. And they always, and now they're. 30, 40 years old, so they go bad. And especially since they sit in the same position, usually not moving. So I, a client dropped off an E30, this like four or five years ago. And he left and I decided, I'm just going to go take it for a quick test drive, you know, before we start cleaning it. And I, on one of the side streets, I made a left turn and I barely got on the gas and the, the seat completely flopped. <laughs> The, the back of the seat was on the rear seat, and I was looking at the headliner. And and then I basically, no there was good. a little island in the center, and I went right up the island, messed up the front, a little lower splitter spoiler, which is fiberglass, and we got that fixed. And then when we took the, I gave it to Juan, I was like, and then basically, I couldn't get the seat to tilt back up. So when I drove back, I had to hold the steering wheel to pull myself up. And, oh, my God. And I basically got it in second gear, and just because it was hard to, Imagine trying to shift a car without having your back against anything. <laughs> it's, it's, if you want to try it at home, it's really fun, but doing it in the parking lot. Take your seat, tilt it all the way back, and then try to drive around the parking lot with no backrest. <laughs> Fundamental part of driving a stick shift. So um, it was uh, it was a long – I mean, that was – of all the stupid things I've done in a car, going around a turn and then looking up at the headliner and knowing you're still moving forward was probably the most unsettling, even though I was only going about 15 miles an hour. I mean, I'm with just, you. I can't imagine. <laughs> it was not good. And then, yeah, and I, mean, then I put, that, with, I put that up there with the hood flying up. You know, all the, ah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that happen, too. That's uh, And you're looking underneath on a 911. There's like a little part. You're like looking underneath the, with the hood scallops up. Yeah, that's so. And funny. you're like trying not to crash, and you're wondering how much this is going to cost to fix. Did it really happen so. to you in a 911? Mm-hmm. A uh, race yeah. car with hood pins, or why did it just unlatch? It was what? a race car. It was a race car. A guy said, "Hey, why don't you just take it out and see, you know, how it feels?" And I didn't go on the track. I was just in Cal Speedway in the parking lot, and I was just going up and down, like literally within 30 seconds of driving it, it just flopped up, and oh. it bent around the roof, broke the windshield. Um, and you gave and the keys like, back. I don't like it. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, it seems pretty nice, but the visibility, tough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was his own error. Not, I mean, I, it was definitely, he's, you know, he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't do that. So. Was it just unlatched, or were the hood pins un? Yeah. 
Well, it was a it was a nine eleven that that didn't have the latch, so it just had hood pins, and he didn't put the hood pins in. Oh. Like most nine elevens, if the if you don't have it closed all the way or it pops up, the latch still works to some degree. I mean, anyone who's has an old nine eleven, we've driven before. We're on a mountain road when you're torquing the chassis, it just pops the hood open, but it stays down. This didn't have the, the latch system. I don't know how many times people with F bodies, the old long hoods, have come up to Newcombs and we go, "Hey, your hood's open!" I'm like, "Oh, oh, geez, yeah. I don't know how that happened." It's like exactly like yeah. you said, flexing. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just little adjustments. I mean, I I think when I got the Tortuga, it was doing that, and I just had the little wrench, and I mean, a little uh, crescent wrench and a screwdriver, and every time I stopped, I would just you know adjust it again, adjust it again until it didn't do it. You probably know this from experience as well, but uh, 944 is notorious for the back window. The same thing, those two little knobby, nutty things. It always either – it either didn't shut. You'd have to slam it five times to get the thing to close and latch yep. or uh, it would go down. They were too far and it would – if you hit a bump or whatever, it would, it would like – load and then it would launch it right up and you drive it on the road and the wind is keeping it down a little bit from going all the way open. Yeah, I was, I haven't had enough 944s, but we've had a couple over the years that did that. And those little uh, plunger things, it's the same things that are on the hood in yeah. the front. It's on the far corners yeah. and you can just sort of hand twist them down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but, <laughs> um, yeah, just stupid shit you do in cars. Um, but, but going back to seats, I have found that more than suspension or tires or wheels, having a comfortable seat and a good steering wheel is half the battle or more. And it's, mm. it's not the most expensive thing. Um, but I see people going crazy with suspension. And if you can just hold yourself in the car so you're comfortable but not moving around and a steering wheel that kind of fits your, you know, the ergonomics of your body and how you like to, you know, being, being able to in a position where you can get leverage on the steering wheel without using your shoulders, but using your arms. Right. Um, just it's it's amazing to get rid of fatigue while driving. Uh, also, I think uh, it's a great note. It's a really good note for a lot of people who spend money perhaps in the wrong places. Um, a lot of times, too, you think, oh, the car's not capable. The car's slipping around. The car is actually fine and planted on the road. You're slipping around in the seat and you're translating that thought to what you think is happening in the outside environment. If you are planted there, all of a sudden, the car is too. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just not moving in a seat. And, and, and you don't necessarily need harnesses either. Just a lot of times if you get in the seat, especially with the newer ones, and you kind of really ratchet it so it's up snug against you. Um, yeah, right a well-adjusted seat you know, goes a Angel's long way crest. too. A good driving position. Yep. What is your, exactly. what is your preferred I get. Uh, do you like a? Are you a laid back? Are you forward? Ten and two? No, I'm. I'm twelve and six. I'm kind what of, kind of uh, guy are you? <laughs> I kind of drive like a T Rex. I've got long torso, short <laughs> legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why aren't so, you seizing the boy? <laughs> I mean, if if I could get steering wheels to come further, further forward, like I love extended hub. Um, that's the problem with old 911s. You don't have any adjustment to the steering wheel, but if but when you can pull the steering wheel as close as you can, I mean, I like my shoulder, my elbows right at my body. Yeah, I do too, you like know, a NASCAR. Like uh, NASCAR. Me too. And I like when and when my left leg is fully extended on the clutch, I want like a five degree bend in the knee. Yeah, I'm very and, similar. And I almost and I almost like the back. Like so, when I'm when I'm driving on the freeway, I'll maybe have a uh, hundred and ten degree angle in the seat a little bit of a two which angle. is very upright for most people and the, but when i get to angela's crest i'm almost sitting 90 degrees like the, the more i can use uh my hands instead of my whole arm to steer yeah because when you try to use your whole arm to steer it's not as precise but if you're using just your hands and your wrists and your for a little bit of your forearms I totally agree. I've heard this from a lot of people. Elbows up, elbows out. I'm like, that's the worst advice I've ever heard in my no. own type of driving. Where And this, for me, I grew up a drummer at a very early age. And you always wanted to have your, uh, uh, your whatever, your wrists, your hands perpendicular to the ground, like, excuse me, parallel to the ground like this. 
whatever. Don't listen to me. I'm talking like crazy. Anyway, but you wanted to keep your, <laughs> your, your elbows in, and there was a whole alignment to it for how to get the most precise precision. And I've just naturally applied that to, oh, I'm sitting in the seat, and oh, I'm going to keep that same kind of – it's yeah. for pool as well, same thing. Um, it's, and, yeah, it's and all I about just leverage. find that that's the most natural uh, f- f- position for me to be the most alert in and the most responsive in. No, I, I agree. It's um, if, if you ever want to try to lift something up, and this is how to see the difference with leverage. If let's say you've got like a, a five pound weight sitting on the table somewhere where you're, you don't, you can keep your elbow against your side. Try lifting it up with your elbow out. And then try lifting it up with your elbow braced against the side of your body. And you realize oh, that it's, it's twice as easier. It's the same thing when you're steering a car, especially a 911, where there's usually no power steering. And it's all about the feel. And, you know, and, and also you hit a rock, especially like when I'm going on the dirt stuff. You hit a rock, and if, and if your elbows aren't next to you, it, it tends to want to pull the car. You sort of grab the whole steering wheel. And, yeah, and not be able to hold it so tight that it, you know, pulls it in a weird position. But I, I'm I am uh, naturally a lazy person, so anything that requires <laughs> less energy, I gravitate towards. <laughs> like, like when I was to in, me, in it's college, a, that's an efficiency or, thing. I, it's more efficient to do it the way you're yeah. doing it. It's not lazy to do it. <laughs> it's more efficient. Well, I, re- I remember I remember when I was in college, and and one of my I think it was my advisor. They noticed that I got minus grades, like, you know, A minus or B minus. And they're like, why do you always get minuses? I said, because a B minus is the same as a B plus. But the energy level to get a B minus is a lot less. So why would I put more energy out? By that, you mean it's in the same grade category as a B plus. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's it, interesting. It, it, added no, it added no more value to my, oh my transcript to anything else. Because he's a so B student. What's go... the difference? Exactly. A B student. Oh, my God. <laughs> All that math. <laughs> so, and one of my, my math, and she was from Turkey. She's a sweet lady. And, and she said, and she was trying to say it. She had such a heavy accent. She's like, basically, she got the words out. You're, you're ambitiously lazy. Because um, she noticed I got a lot of A minuses, but never B pluses. <laughs> and if I was not going to do well... It was down at the bottom. You know, I would buy for a pass fail before I got to the. I really, I wish that we knew each other when I was, well, I guess when we both were younger. I feel like, I feel like you and I were awfully similar. I used to get in, I used to have to, this is in middle school, I used to have to go to, <laughs> I was so consistent with my lack of doing my homework. <clears throat> that that, that I, the, the, it perplexed the teachers and the vice principal who was the disciplinarian to the point where they would have me um, – I had to do this – I was in a permanent detention program. And what that meant was like I would have to be in this vice principal's office or the conference room at Soder office and sit there and do all my homework before I left school for the day. So like at 2.30 or whatever, the bell would ring and everybody else would go for the bus or go home or whatever. And I'd head to the principal's office where I was then made to oh. – and she would have all my assignments like from the teachers or whatever. And like, okay, make sure you do it. I was so not going to be beat by this fucking setup, Paul Kennel, excuse my language, that I started doing like the wrong assignments. I would still do work, but I was like, I'll show you. And then she'd check everything off. Okay, you did it. And then the next day in class, <laughs> I wouldn't have my homework because I did something else or whatever. And then she'd get the report at the end of the day. She's like, I don't understand. You, you showed me the assignment. You did it. Why aren't you turning it in? She's pulling her hair out. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not trying to say it's exactly the same you just- thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just, it's almost like this goal you want to see her leaving one day in a straight jacket going to asylum it became the goal yeah i went i went oh, with yeah. that lady to visit someone in the hospital i went with her to a dentist appointment once <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah june camet was her I name by the, whole... the way my seventh grade or eighth grade disciplinarian june camet vice principal june camet she drove a it was a black jag uh, two door, but the long one, super cool. <laughs> was this, was this, a, was this in middle school? It was, it was, it, they call it would have been, yeah, junior high school, but middle school it was like or eighth, it was uh, eighth school. grade. So what am I? Thir- yeah. 13. And it's eighth funny. Grade? Third, yeah. I was in uh, seventh, eighth grade was junior high. And I remember. Hey, 
anyway, all right, we'll pick it up from here. And uh, I just told my ridiculous, embarrassing story about middle school, and that led you to a story you were about to tell. Oh, I was I was telling about my middle school um, vice principal, which it's it's weird how of all the different people in high school and elementary school and college, you re- I remember mine as well. He was the disciplinarian, and yep. he was a chemist that. Um, I guess in his younger years, he was already fairly old by then. In his younger years, he blew off most of his fingers on his hand in some experiment. Oh, yeah. Literally. <laughs> Literally. So his, I can't remember, his name was Mr. Codner, but I think everyone called him Stubbs. And so he would get oh mad at you, and he would go to point a finger. It always looked like he wanted to fight you because he had, like, fists. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Imagine when you're, you know, 12 or whatever. I mean, he was really, he was, he kind of, if you could picture this, he looked like Jaws from Spy Who Love Me, James Bond. Oh, yeah. Richard Keel from, yeah. uh, Yes. Silver Streak for me, but uh, uh, Happy Gilmore for other people. Right. He's a bit, he was that kind of guy, really big, intimidating. And he would go to point his hand, fingers at you, but he had just stubs that would, you know, (laughs) maybe be up like that much. And it just, as a kid, you had to go to his office, and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and um, yeah, I think the... I went there. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. No, I think I went there for um, getting in fights or other stupid things. And my mom would always be embarrassed because she was the PTA president, and it would always come back to her that you're the PTA president, but your son. <laughs> <laughs> For me, well, first of all, my uncle, my dad's brother, uh, I grew up, he had no middle finger because he worked at a printing press and I don't know, somehow it, it oh. taken off in the line of duty. Uh, so, and he was a cigarette smoker. So he always smoked like like this, like it was between the, the middle. It was a weird visual. Anyway, so I grew up with that. Uh, and then my third grade teacher, she cut her pinky uh, off in class with the paper cutter. That's all true. While and you were then, there? While you were in class? Uh, th- we, while people were, yeah, while the kids, yes, yes. Screaming out of the room, you know, <laughs> oh my God, like a whole thing. And then of course the pinky was on the paper cutter. Anyway, um, oh. Mrs. Cook, shout out to Mrs. Cook. I doubt she's still alive, but she had no pinky. And, uh, uh, but, but more recently, someone we both know, um, I've known this guy for a couple of years, probably the same with you. It wasn't until he was sitting right here on the show and then proclaimed to me that that's how he lost his fingers. Our friend Damon McCarthy is also without fingers. He's just always emphatic like this. I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. He just doesn't have these two fingers. No way. I never Damon really with the seventy four ducktail and the white Tesla. Yeah. And he's got that alpha as well. Many cars. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. And his is uh, I think it's his left hand, and his was an art install his dad's a famous artist, Paul McCarthy. And uh, and he, there was an art installation. I think maybe in Russia. I can't remember. Somewhere abroad, maybe Prague. I'm not sure. And and there was a big installation with blades and spinning around and like a, a, a big machinery type thing. And he was literally telling people, now, whatever you do, don't do this. And it happened. <gasps> literally, like, don't oh, do this. Like, put your hand over here because it'll – and it happened right at that moment. And he, yeah. he said one was hanging off and the other one was on the floor. And he just goes, look back at the same people he was just warning. He goes – Get those, put that on ice, call them, have an ambulance meet me outside. <laughs> it was just like boom, 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 right into save wow. my hand mode. Yeah, there's some – one of the local mechanics, Scott Henry, Scott's independent, you know, working, you know, decade after decade on old 911s. And it was about five or ten years ago he cut off one of his fingers in the fan blade um, doing something oh, with a motor. Yeah, picture a 911 fan blade. They, they move pretty quick and they're <laughs> – they're efficient at chopping fingers off and, uh, and, and they're going them. the direction to force air in. So it's, that's the way you don't want. Yeah. 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 And I'm trying to still figure out whose motor that was. Cause I'm wondering if there's still blood in the engine. <laughs> I don't think you could get it all out. Right. I don't think there's no, no matter way. how much hosing you couldn't get it all out. No, you gotta send the CSI everywhere. team in there. Yeah, exactly. So good, gross tangent. <laughs> Um, speaking of tangents, it's probably time to think about wrapping it up, at least in a couple minutes. Um, but I want to, uh, I want to see how things are going because, you know, our, our, if you heard the beginning part, our buddy Tori isn't here. Um, I, I, politics are just getting in the way right now. He's in an area where things are very divided and it's really weighing on him heavily. How are things in your is household? He in, is, he in, Spe- 
Speaking is of divided. Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah. Is he in Pennsylvania then? He, he's where, right outside of Pittsburgh. I think he's in that Allegheny County where they're still counting. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, it's it's tough because we're a divided family, but yeah. um, I am excited. I think like a lot of people that we're so close to just maybe going back to normal, boring government. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, I I've never been political. I've never. It's just never something that interests me. I found it boring. I went to a college that was heavily into government. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've seen. One of our professors I had when I was in college, he's all, it's a Claremont McKenna. He's always been on the news now with all the politics because they're big in government. And I'm just been the point where I'm looking forward to it being over and just not part of our daily life anymore. Um, it certainly has created stress. Yeah. Um, that politics are important, but they should not be as important as they've been in the last, um, you know, four years, let alone, but I'd say the last six months has been, uh, just, I think gross. I'm, I'm so over it. For sure. <laughs> I'm over Back it too. To normal. I'm ready for everything about uh, pre 2020. I'm ready to hug people again. I miss my friends. I miss, you know, l- life as it used to be being able to just kind of get in the car and go to your favorite restaurant or, you know, anything. There's so many businesses yeah. that I, I'm going to want to go. People are going to want to go to, you know, when there isn't a COVID, and those businesses are going to be gone. I mean, it's so sad to me. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I hate to do that whole thing. I just, it's, it's no, <laughs> extrapolating. It all seems to translate to the same stuff, and it just, I understand how Tory can get affected by it, but we all got to, we all got to struggle to not. Yeah, and I think, uh, especially where he lives, being that close to it. I mean, I'm in, and it. I, that the politics, but it's hard to not get um, that involved, especially when mask wearing has become political, which I still don't really understand. But, um, you know, I, I want everyone to be healthy. I think if, you know, I, I know friends um, who have had family members that have died, but I don't know them well enough to know. And I'm just hoping that I can get past this without anyone that I immediately know dying from from this because i just think it'd be such a waste i mean my grandfather died from it but he was also old i don't know if you count that but i mean technically he died from covid he'd be still alive probably if not for it right so there's that yeah but i mean there's also you know young young people that 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 we do i mean insulate like we know you know second 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 hand we know that that are yeah gone and it's kind of like yeah. like famous people. I'm just like, whoa, okay, all right, didn't realize. Okay, sure. Yeah, it's, I, and I'm, and that's I think why I got more political than I've ever been was just because I just want people to be healthy again. I mean, we have enough health issues going around to not have this be the focus. Um, yeah. and I'm. And I and I like going to restaurants. I mean, we've eaten at one restaurant, and it was uh, indoors, and they were pretty good at keeping people spaced out. But I, it felt weird to wear a mask the whole time, except for taking bites of food. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't what dining out is like anymore. Um, yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if, when, things get back to normal, like. Is there like going to be a psychosis about being around people? Of course, you know, and that and there that's was the Nintendo part, like, thumb syndrome. This is going to be awful. Yeah, <laughs> think think about all the different things that they're going to have to. I mean, there'll be clinical diagnoses for this, right? There'll be PTSD from it, just like nine eleven and whatever else. I'm, I'm assuming you know, kids who are who have been at home. Um, I mean, the young kids, you know, ones that were like maybe would be in. Uh, you know, elementary and middle school having no interaction. Um, our daughter, oldest daughter, she's te- she's a teacher. She came back from Oregon and she's teaching for a private tutoring center where she has, I think, five or six kids that she's teaching in a classroom. You know, imagine a classroom that holds 30 people having five or six people. And I mean, these are, it's a private system. So it's for the privilege. So those five or six kids can have somewhat of a normal 
education during this time. They have recess, right. but still just not being able to interact with 30 kids, you know, and only having five or six, you know, it's like living with roommates where you get on each other's nerves. So, and there's, yeah, there's no, there's no escape. I mean, at college or wherever you kind of, you go outside for a little bit if you need to get away. I mean, you can't really go anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, you go Our walk around daughter. the mall? I don't think so. She's she's sitting there. That's Lauren. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren um, is a sophomore at Lewis and Clark in, in uh, Portland. And she took this semester off because everything was going online. And they were going to – they did actually an amazing job. I think uh, they had four case. was it four cases? They had four cases um, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they okay. One at the beginning and three later on. But for a, for a college to only have four cases and then just lock it down, so you know your your dorm became a little bit of like a jail. And if you, you know, some of her friends were in the same dorm, so they got to be together. But the ones that weren't, you know, were kind of separate. And that's sort of why Lawrence took the semester off. But she told me, you know, she's going back next semester. She doesn't care uh if she's everything's going to be online she just craves to be around her friends even if they're locked in a dorm together right well plus they'll all be legally high on mushrooms and everything now right because isn't oregon <laughs> they've decriminalized uh drugs uh yeah they've, did they've, you hear about that <laughs> not no, saying it's I related mean, just it's a hell of a story no, no i mean it doesn't surprise me if someone's going to do it first it would be oregon um but, really are uh, they uh i didn't i didn't know that um, yeah, Oregon seems to be a, uh, I mean, especially when you get to Portland and you go towards the coast, um, it's a Just very progressive? progressive, liberal. I mean, what's amazing is when we go to Portland, I so rarely see police. I mean, there's just, there's the presence. I mean, until recently, I mean, I was shocking watching the news and seeing the police force because we would drive around Portland, oh, the protests, go to dinner, yeah. do things. Yeah. But before the protests, just under normal times. I used to tell Jennifer, I'm like, I cops on the free, on the roads. And, and, and the other interesting thing is most of the drivers around there drive borderline slow to barely the speed limit. <laughs> I mean, just. Is it the weather? They're all afraid to slip and slide or what? No, I think they're all stoned. <laughs> so it's already an issue anyway. That's why they just decriminalized it. Everyone's high already. I, I didn't realize. My exactly, aunt used to live. Yeah. My aunt lived there forever, and she used to work for Nike. And I always thought it was like, I don't know. I guess I never visited her. I don't know what it was like. No, I. I mean, it, in a perfect world, if I could figure out how to move my business up to Oregon, especially if our kids ended up living up there, I would. I would eventually go up there. I just. I, I like the environment. Um, I'm celiac, and and they are really great about gluten free eating. Yes, um, health wise, I could definitely eat up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. They got that voodoo donut thing, too, that's going on up there. That's pretty – that's a big deal. Yeah, the unfortunately, they don't have gluten-free donuts. But when I go into a lot of the restaurants, they have menus. Um, they understand it. I mean, obviously, uh, Lauren's a uh, vegetarian. Mm. It's just easy, like, for all of us to go eat, and they have something for everyone. Um, I like – I like rain. I like wet weather. I like overcast. Same here. I, f- I fit in with the climate there. I oh, like this it. Last, this last week felt like just a burden off my shoulder. Just cold weather and wear long sleeves and jackets and, and not be hot. I just, I love this kind of weather. You know, the only thing that sucks is if it rains on the weekend when there's people that won't drive. I don't care about driving in the rain, but. Same. You know, you and I are like that way, but there's a, I would say the majority of Southern California car enthusiasts don't care to drive in the rain. Well, most people don't want to get their cars wet. You and I look at it as an opportunity to clean our cars. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Someone texted me. They're like, what are you doing? A hipster car wash? I'm like, I like that. I'm like, yeah, of course. This is the whole idea of it. Like nobody else wants their car to get dirty and ours would be significantly cleaner afterwards. So it oh, yeah, makes I sense why we're fine with it. <laughs> I go through puddles. There's a chassis clean for my last offer of dirt. <laughs> right. Perfect. Undercarriage bath. Um, Paul Kennel, how are things at Auto Kennel before we before we close up? Uh, I want to plug. Sh- make sure we plug the the oh, company there, you. and then we got to talk about Sinclair Insurance and Hunziker masks. 
yeah. No, it's been, uh, it's been surprisingly good. Um, we have four turbos and we just sold two of them. And one of them is actually at auction with RM auction. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, um, actually I was thinking about, it. I have five cars in our inventory that are turbocharged, which is unusual. We don't see a lot of them. And oh. I'm, I'm a huge fan of nine thirties and turbos. So, um, business has been surprisingly good. Um, lots of interesting cars. I think the biggest thing is, um, people, this is the one thing that really fits the, the what we're going through right now is to go drive. And even though I'm not doing formal rallies, um, there's still lots of opportunity to drive. And I would say this year I've probably driven total, maybe 20,000 miles of, of different driving. You know, when I look at all the different cars I've been driving. So it's uh, heck, every it's Friday, bit- every Friday's, Every Friday's a little over 200 miles round trip. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right, because you're 111 miles from Newcombs. <laughs> 111 <laughs> miles, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I can't think of a better time than to discuss our mutual friend over at St. Clair Insurance. You know who I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Jeff St. Clair, <laughs> close, close friend. They say... All that separates men from boys is the coverage for their toys. St. Clair Insurance has coverage for your toys. What kind of toys, Paul Kennel? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> you name a toy, they'll insure it for you. Uh, and if you already are an existing Haggerty customer or, or uh, are thinking about uh, becoming a Haggerty customer, um, if you don't have a rep and you definitely want to get a rep if you're not a customer yet, check out coverageforyourtoys.com. Check out St. Clair Insurance and Jeff St. Clair. Uh, I have a feeling that you're going to like what you see. You can insure all your toys yeah. and get all the coverage, which is obviously is very important, but you're going to get a, 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 a representative, a hands-on guy. You're going to get a friend in the industry who, God forbid, something does happen. You can call him up and say, hey, something happened, and, uh, and he can get you on your way and get everything going uh, for you with the insurance and all. I don't know why I'm wearing a Freddy glove for that, other than in, in case you, <laughs> <laughs> if you scratch your car or one of your toys, or, or this is a collectible. How about that? This is a collectible. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is a toy that could be insured by Haggerty, or maybe we just found the one thing that they won't insure, movie collectibles. <laughs> I'll bet I don't you know. know. They, they, I don't know. I think you, you can insure a house. You can insure a business. I think you can insure anything. So I'm going to say probably. Um, he, but coverage, coverageforyourtoys.com. He insures my watches. Um, you can do watches? Insures, you can do jewelry? Yeah, he, insure, he insures my watches. And actually, they do garage keepers insurance for our whole inventory. No. For everything so that we drive. Big umbrella. Yeah, big umbrella. And we just look at the total amount. And if we get a very expensive car, we'll you know just quickly add a little more coverage until that car is gone. So um, I think for anyone who has um, a lot of people now get wholesale licenses just because they have larger collections Mm -hmm. and be able to have like a garage keepers policy, um, you know, for vintage cars, they didn't used to do garage keepers insurance and we had to use a traditional one. And when we had any kind of issue, it was always a hassle explaining to them why the car isn't in blue book or why blue book doesn't really pertain to that particular car. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was about five or six years ago, Haggerty started doing garage keepers. And, and then for us, the towing alone, if you get a Haggerty insurance, you can buy the, the membership for, I don't, it's weird. I haven't figured out how much towing you get, but I've done several hundred mile tows in a year, which is more than you'll get with AAA. Whoa. And, um, that's, that's a big deal for, for me. Yeah, just no knowing kidding. That I, I didn't realize that myself. Somewhere. Yep, absolutely. And they'll do and they'll do um, later model Porsches, um, you know, that aren't date necessarily daily drivers. So, yeah, that's one yeah. thing I, I learned from him. Was pretty impressed with uh, uh, that that they will do anything. I mean, you do, it doesn't have to be a collector car. You could insure your minivan with them theoretically, as long as it's not a daily driver. As long as you have some other vehicle, yeah. actually, is, is quite frankly what it is. Yeah. Um, you have to so have it in the garage in some other vehicle. Yeah. Uh, St. Clair Insurance, coverageforyourtoys.com. Check them out. They've, they they uh, put in a building just across the street there. <laughs> they put their sign on it. <laughs> I can see it from here, right across the way. Oh, my gosh. And then with that, uh, I will tell you, why? although this is not a time to put this on my face at all. That was dangerous what I just did. Kids, don't try this at home. 
<laughs> if you're in a part of the world where you should be wearing a mask, and I think that's still going on most places, if you see somebody who isn't wearing a mask and you want to say something to them, not afraid of starting a civil war at this point, you could say to them, hey, need a mask? Shophunziker.com. That's what we did. Shophunziker.com. Good stuff. And Paul Kramer over there at Auto Kennel. Should definitely shop his site. <laughs> Check out his Instagram, yeah. which is right here at Auto Kennel. Um, you're, I don't want to say unaffected by COVID, but, but COVID has not been as cruel to you as it has been to others. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel fortunate, a little bit guilty. Um, it was tough in, uh, March and April. I mean, we went from the worst in April, best May, June, September ever. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to predict. I'm just very grateful that we're have business and we're helping people and, and um, I just keep hoping that people who buy these cars just come along for a drive you know you'll understand them a lot more Ugh, Paul Kramer at Auto Kennel or as I like to say Paul Kennel from Auto Kramers <laughs> <laughs> perfect which, which is something that I've gotten a hold of now but now I, I just I do it because it makes me happy but for the longest time I truly couldn't I couldn't do it. I know you know I wasn't making fun. I just someone the other day, someone the other day called me Paul Kennel. I mean, like seriously, thought it was Paul Kennel. (laughs) Well, wouldn't that make sense that you would name the business Auto Kennel? Like, oh, sure, that makes sense. It's his last name. Yeah, because no one's like, what does a kennel have to do with cars? And um, I'm like, no, it's Paul Kennel. I'll just legally change it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't mean to be (laughs) intentionally spreading fake news. (laughs) No, I don't mind. Just a name. <laughs> um, I love you, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming in and, like I said, pinch hitting. But thanks for being my friend. Thanks for uh, loving Mrs. Ryan and me, and um, and for being just awesome in general. Being part of this community, um, and you do help people. You don't just sell cars; you help people. And I think that's probably why you're still busy during this time. Um, people know <laughs> the difference. So just keep it up. Keep it up. You're a really, really awesome, dude. And we love you a lot. Yeah. I love you too. Thank you. Uh, please see you Friday yeah see you Friday on your way to Willow Springs for sure Uh, everybody else thank you so much for being with us this evening oh Thursday's a great guest by the way Thursday I should have been talking about this for weeks Uh, Thursday we've got Victoria Lily Schaefer if that name doesn't mean much to you she is a host she is a producer she is an author she is an animal rights advocate she is also talk show royalty this is Paul Schaefer's daughter Victoria Lily Schaefer. She lives here in Los Angeles now, and uh, we're going to have her here on Thursday. And I'm really looking forward to it. So, hope you tune in. Thank you very, very much to Paul Kennel once again, Paul Kramer once again, and uh, our love to Tori Alonzo out there in uh, Pittsburgh as well. And uh, Mrs. Ryan, who's on assignment. <laughs> you at home, we love you so much. See you Thursday with Victoria Lily and uh, Friday at uh, Breakfast Club. Have a great one. Yep. <laughs>